everyone this is marta and this is anna and this is you've got five options show and i don't know why i said and this is anna i should say and this is anna maybe I you want know. to be swedish or something i don't know i'm trying i'm trying different things after last week when you were trying you know should i say one name should i say my two names marta marta gabriela i have only one name to choose from So I decided to put a different accents on my name so it also sounds a little bit different. But you have some issues or not some issues but some choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do have issues. Thank you for making that public yet again. But yes, I it I was, was not what I meant. I wanted to go back to uh, last names. You criticize me coming between my two first names, but you were like Nishcheruk and then you were like Motreanu. And just when I finally managed to like really get into Motreanu, then you have decided to come back to Nishcheruk. But at least you knew this one. So yes. it wasn't that difficult, right? No, it was not difficult. Uh, but I still sometimes, you know, like I just learned the Motreanu. Like, yeah. like, like it really took me years to, <laughs> to, to accomplish <laughs> that goal. Embed it embedded in myself yes, yes. but yes. that's okay that's okay i i like nishcheruk more it is an amazing possibility to confuse all the internationals of the world no one by asking them to pronounce it yeah. i like the challenge makes much more sense than motrano <laughs> what about the villanueva Villanueva is not that difficult, except that it's actually Villanueva, but you are so stubborn on Excuse pronouncing. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know double L is pronounced like G or something, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, why were you waving that phone at me? Because I wanted you to check your messenger ah. so you will know what is the name of the artist that we are going to play today. Brilliant. You're Thank you. very welcome and this will be a recurring song that we have played once and Dave really likes it and we believe in supporting independent artists on this uh, radio show so of course we will give it another airplay. But today Marta we have no guest. No we don't have guests. We have challenge. We have challenge. We, we have, have a challenge. Yes. Actual real blooded uh, challenge. You sent me a, uh, you sent me, yes, should I we sterilize ourselves to save the planet? This is what you sent me. Yes. <laughs> what is the name of the artist then? You have to go into the show notes ah. of the episode and read it there. Because Thank everyone you. who is listening to our show for more than three years now know that if they want to re-listen to an episode, find a song they wanted to, they heard on the radio and they would like to hear it again, 
All information about our programs are in the show notes of each of the episode. <laughs> so that was an episode we had in the past. It was just enough to open the link and read the information, Dave. I like the the hidden message <laughs> that has come along Jesus with that. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, the challenge is also somewhat related to children. So <laughs> not to sterilization. <laughs> no, not at so all. please, like maybe quite a contrary. Uh, is it, <laughs> yeah, is it possible to make like a cut? <laughs> we are cutting the weird part of the show, mm -hmm. and now we are moving on to the real part of the show yes. with a challenge that was sent to us by Anne, mm -hmm. and Anne has written to us what follows. How to start dating when being 100% single mom to a three-year-old. I've been alone with my now almost four-year-old son since his birth. No contact to his father. I am ready to start dating life again. But how should that work? First, finding time to get to know someone and then the actual dating. The first months of the relationship until being ready to bring a new person into my son's life when actually not having much alone time without my son. That's quite a challenge, I would say. Yeah, it is quite a challenge. And I believe that 2020 gives a new layer on that challenge because there there are obviously limitations with uh, meeting people in more um, offline circumstances, you know, like, uh, I don't know, a hobby group, a bar, a club, even a park. So uh, it is quite, uh, quite a challenge, but we like challenges and yes. we definitely have a couple of good options that we Marta do. has prepared and I will elaborate on. Yes, I have just uh, attacked this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are having some fun. Yes, fun is needed Here. in 2020. Yes, in yeah. 2020, that's the only medicine that I would I'm, take. <laughs> I'm constantly looking forward to this Friday, so I'm telling you. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the, you know, like the good time of the radio. <laughs> well, we get to laugh and be together. Even if you don't know how show notes work. <laughs> no, no. But you know, that's the beauty of not knowing, you see? Actually, that's true. There is there is a beauty in, in not knowing. Ignorance, yeah. Ignorance is a bliss. But uh, thank you, David. It means a lot. And I called you David. That's weird. It means a lot. And I really hope that our listeners feel the same because actually it is, it is fun to be here. And uh, we hope that you are laughing with us. Well, maybe you are laughing at us, but we don't mind. We just want to no. bring smile on your face. Yes. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. So basically, I have looked simply at the five aspects of dating, dating for single moms. Mm -hmm. And I have looked at specifically the questions uh, that, uh, Anna, you have brought to us. And then I have also given, given an extra, like a bonus thing that you have not uh, directly mentioned. So the five aspects that we would like to talk today about is getting ready for dating, mm -hmm. getting to know someone, dating itself, first months of the relationship, and then bringing a new person into your child's life. So basically, these are the five areas, five aspects, however you want to call it, that we would like to uh, elaborate on. Mm -hmm. 
And um, surprisingly, <laughs> really? No, I don't know if it's surprisingly. I don't know why I say it. It's one of these weird days. But I wanted to say that Anna actually has some expertise by uh, experience in the topic. Yes. So, Correcto. Anna, yes, Anna has uh, had that time in her life. You had that time in your life when you were a single mom. Mm -hmm. And at some point you got ready to uh, start dating again. Yes. <laughs> this point was actually very soon, I would say. Uh, yes, and uh, there was also uh, quite a number of years when I made a spectacular mistakes. Which uh, which our lovely Anna can learn from until I actually got into the relationship that uh, I most of the time assess as happy and healthy. Yeah, so and that's with Dave, who is actually a living uh, proof that, uh, yes, you are my boyfriend. Please, please tell me. <laughs> tell, tell Anna that there is I a hope. I miss Lasse. <laughs> <laughs> who is Lasse? The old radio technician you remember. Ah, yes, I remember. And yeah. why do you miss him? Because he wouldn't be put in this situation in this radio <laughs> show. Okay. Of course, I am your boyfriend. Yes. I so would even say life partner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. But I just see the life partner thing for me goes like, oh. Does it? I don't know. Not, not because I don't believe that I'm her life partner. It's just the wording of the thing. The wording. I yeah. like the boyfriend and girlfriend. I actually don't like boyfriend and girlfriend because I, I don't know if in my head it's somehow for younger people, but probably it's a limitation. Well, sometimes for the uh, simplicity, I called him husband and he called me missus, my missus. I call him mom sometimes. Mm. But I think it, it makes sense that in Polish it doesn't sound good, the boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend, because it's the same uh, name mm -hmm. as boy and girl. Yeah. That's why it's, uh, it's probably for us. But anyway, a partner. Yes. Partner, 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 yeah, good. partner is great. Partner yeah. is great yeah. It's just a life partner, I think it's just a bit cliche. Life and death partner? Life <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, maybe that was too limiting, the life partner. <laughs> yeah. <that> just like, <laughs> I, I just because I found it a bit cliche. It's mainly, mainly yeah. what it is. Yeah, know. I know what you mean. I know what but, you mean. But, but uh, I'm happy with this little one. That's me. And, right. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I don't want anything to change. Oh, okay, that's nice. Good. Well, Anna, just for you, it can happen. Uh, it is a living proof here in the radio that even after being a single mom, you can definitely uh, find that great um, relationship for you. As Anna mentioned, it was a little bit of an up and down journey mm -hmm. and it took some time. But what I wanted to mention is that I will be interviewing Anna to have an actual real life experience for, from someone who has gone through it. And that's where the first aspect, getting ready, that's something that Anna has put a lot of work uh, previously in our radio, in our podcast, and even in writing. That is correct. And I have digged out this uh, because I thought it was great. And I think it's actually one of the most useful uh, pieces of advice that we have created uh, in the more than three years of uh, You've Got Five Options. Mm -hmm. I have actually been sharing that like personally, individually with many friends mm -hmm. since. And one of these things, it's uh, called one exercise that can totally change your life. And love life. And this and life and this exercise is what I believe that you Anna have like done for yourself and that has really turned around 
your not so successful love life <laughs> into a successful one or the very rocky one into more a stable one. I don't mm -hmm. know, whatever uh, words. Whatever words uh, we are looking for to describe my previous experiences that could definitely be a good inspiration for a soap opera. Yeah. So everyone who is listening to us, every mm -hmm. single parent that would like to uh, get back out there, we have these two things for you. The five things to ensure before you get back out there. Mm -hmm. That is the episode that we have done before. So you can listen to it. It is in the link in the show notes. You can find it at the5options.com. You can find it in any podcasting app or Spotify. When you look for You've Got Five Options, find this show. You'll be able to find both links. The link to the show called uh, Get uh, five things to ensure before you get back out there and the article about the one exercise that can totally change your love life. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in <clears throat> this exercise, Anna, you have looked into a few things. Yeah, I did. Yes. One thing was things I have to offer. Then how do I want to feel with my partner? Mm -hmm. And what do you want your perfect relationship relationship to be like? Mm -hmm the deal breakers and only then you went to the part where you were actual, actually describing the partner. Yeah. So it took you through quite a profound journey with yourself and defining what what you have to offer, what you want from a relationship and the deal breakers. And only then you came to the partner, to the part what would you like from the partner and then anything you want your perfect relationship to be like. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that that was the key to my success. And yes, Dave, you can be proud of yourself because I just called you a success story. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, and I think it was very important because uh, I remember it was, I think, 2000, end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I was getting out of some really messy relationships. And I was thinking, why do I do the same mistake over and over again? You know, my ex-partners were all great people. They really were. They just were not for me. And the signs and signals that we are not a good fit were right there from start. I confirm I could see them right there from start. And yet I had some kind of very strange urge to keep on following the same pattern over and over again. And I really wanted to understand myself and understand why am I choosing these relationships when obviously they never had a chance to really work. That was very uh, disturbing thought at one point because, of course, many of us have this tendency of thinking, okay, uh, I only attract bad men and uh, they treat me poorly and why am I a magnet for a disaster? Well, you have all of them in common with yourself. It's you who are choosing those guys. You know, you are the only one that they have, uh, the only thing that they have in common, most probably. So I remember something that really opened my eyes here was I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it was, um, I think she was a relationship coach. 
Her name was Kathleen Woodward. I I will find that name. And she was saying that she talks with uh, women who are, um, for instance, have uh, very long uh, relationships that doesn't end with anything. Like there was an example of a woman who had a fiancé and got in an affair with another guy and he swept her off her feet and she was at that point 38. She really wanted to have a child, but he never wanted to commit. So they were dragging this relationship for four years. And then she went to the doctor and it turned out that she cannot have children. And when he heard that, he left her. Half a year later, he married another woman and that woman was younger and they soon got pregnant. And of course, the 42-year-old woman sitting there thinking he dragged me for four years and now I'm left with nothing. But the question to her was, why did you allow that? You saw that you are not getting from this relationship what you need and what you wanted was a family, a child, a stability. And he was leading her on, of course. But it was always her decision to keep on staying with him. And those are the things that I believe many times we have to understand about ourselves. Because consciously or subconsciously, we are the one who are making a decision to stay in a bad relationship with a person that maybe is not even a, a good person, even objectively speaking. Uh, so it's important to find out what's in you that makes you end up in those situations because once you can identify it you can actually change it because many times <coughs> in those situations we are running on autopilot and I have realized that there were things in me that um, that simply attracted me to a man that were emotionally unavailable that was actually my thing and here I digged very deeply to different uh, reasons. One of the reasons was that I definitely had the so-called complex uh, of a savior, meaning I can save this man. I usually was dating men who had some sort of issues or problems, either with a self-esteem or uh, some kind of other kind of stuff like depression or or. or yeah, I will not go maybe into details, but they had something to solve within themselves. And I thought that by meeting me and, you know, first of all, getting at the beginning compliments like you really understand me. Oh, my God, you really help me was only fueling my inner need of saving someone. When in relationship, you are not supposed to save anyone. You are supposed to be with someone, right? So that was the first thing. And I went even that deep that I realized it probably has something to do with my father or actually lack of him in my life. I was raised by my mom only. And, uh, you know, long story short, I could make a whole episode about my life and upbringing. But this is how deep I went. And I had to unprogram myself and realize I am not here to save another man. And that's not what relationship is all about, you know. Um, and it was a game changer. But that required a lot of 
inner work and reflection. And with the list that you mentioned, you know, things I have to offer and afterwards things I want in my relationship and then the deal breakers. Deal breakers were extremely important because uh, I also realized that when you sit down with yourself in a more like a um, neutral, you are not in love, right? You are just sitting and thinking about your future relationship. And you write down, let's say, the things that, that are you would like in a relationship. So maybe you want to travel together, you want to have three kids, uh, you want to live in a city or maybe in a farmhouse, a very simple things. But some of those things are extremely important for you. So for instance, it would be great if me and my partner could cook together and I don't know, have sex on the uh, kitchen table. <laughs> But it's nice to have. It doesn't, it, it's not really, oh my God, I really need that. But what, for instance, I need is, let's say to, okay, this is not actually what I needed, but let's say your must have is a child. Or actually in my case, the must have was my partner accepts my past and the fact that I have a child with another man and embraces that child and embraces the fact that I am divorced because I had partners who didn't, who were saying it would be perfect between us if you hadn't had all that past you have. And that's the deal breaker. If it is visible at the very beginning that your partner doesn't accept neither you nor your past or is not very um, happy with the fact you have a child from a previous relationship, you don't involve yourself in that further because you will not change that, you know? Yeah, of course, people can change everything and maybe a miracle would happen, but really that is in that sphere of miracles. You really need to see what is the deal breaker. If this is the most important thing, because I also saw it with another woman I know. She had kids, started to dating a guy, got completely swept off her feet in love because he was giving her compliments and a lot of attention she didn't have, single mom. And then he started to complain after a couple of weeks, oh, but you have to take care of your kids all the time and we cannot meet that often. Or, oh, I wish you didn't marry before. You know, small little things that are not even that maybe direct, but she was still keep on in it because he hooked her on that, you know, oh, you're so amazing. And he gave her a lot of attention and stuff like this. And, you know, normally you should straight away like, OK, that's my priority. That's my deal breaker. If the guy is already at the beginning. Yeah, OK, you have a child. Hmm, nah, hmm. Yeah, it's a pity, but we can go on a date. You have to meet someone who is in this case saying, mm-mm. It's cool. Everyone has a past and I would love to meet your kid whenever whenever we are ready to, to be on that stage. Then you know that this deal breaker doesn't exist for you. So I know that I talked a lot about this point, but I think it's actually relevant for Anne that she should know about this, that some men will have a problem with the fact that she has a past. Some men will have a problem with the fact that she has a child with someone else. It might not be absolutely directed towards the child, it will not be personal, it will be just the concept. 
that you have a child with someone else. And I, for instance, want my own family without no additions from the past. So I think that this is very important to, to, to get that information up front. Thank you, Anna, for sharing this. So that's why we have brought it up, Anna, because we believe that by you looking into yourself and really going deeper within yourself, you can get that head start where you can save yourself from many uh, or some unsuccessful uh, experiences. So this is just something where you can look into that on how you can best prepare yourself to get ready Mm -hmm. for dating. And uh, yeah, being in a good, loving, successful in your terms relationship, you you know, you have the 50% responsibility and then the 50% responsibility for the partner you are getting with. You have 100% responsibility for yourself, yeah. <laughs> 50% of for the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I and I thought it's also worth to to add the, the thing about identifying your um your possible um, inner baggage, because uh, I could read from the first sentence that you are a single mom and there is no contact to the father. I, um, of course, it could be a possibility that the father passed away. And if that's the case, I'm truly sorry. But if the father is uh, alive and you don't have a contact with him and he doesn't have a contact with a child, I could only assume that the relationship was not ended on a greatest note. And probably it is something that was not really um, a, a great experience in your life. If that's the case, it is also important that you are ready to start dating again without bringing that baggage from the previous relationship into the new one. Because we also tend to, I don't know, if we were mistreated in the past, we will come into a new relationship with a lot of suspicion and lack of trust. If we haven't resolved that in ourselves, understood why things happen in that way, And also it's important to separate your trauma from a person because if that person causes you harm, it doesn't mean that the next one will and the next person doesn't necessarily need to be um, judged through the lenses of your former relationship. That's why it's also important to um, let go and have a closure with the past before you enter the new relationship. Okay, that was all I wanted to mention here. Well, I think we have uh, some really good materials for you, Anna, to look Mm -hmm. into if you feel like this is a good thing for you to do. You have Anna's exercise described fully Mm -hmm. in the show notes and you have that full episode as well where Anna further elaborates on clearing your emotional and physical space on how to be mindful of falling back to the old ways and old type of guys, Mm -hmm. why doing something in a different way can be a good idea, and what does it mean to open up for a new relationship. Mm -hmm. So we encourage you to listen into that, to read through that, and uh, taking that in can be something really wonderful and amazing gift that you do for yourself. And now let's move on to actually getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here I have some questions for you, Anna. Um, 
How did it look like for you? You became a single mom, mm-hmm. but you had some contact with your ex-husband yes. and he did have some uh, contact with the child as well. Yes. But how how much free time did you actually have to date and to well to st- to first get mm-hmm. to know someone? Well, um the the ag- arrangement with my ex-husband was that uh, our daughter is with him on Fridays uh, after her school until Saturday early afternoon. So that was the only t- and he was also picking her up from school on Thursday's evening. So basically I have a Thursday evening and Friday night for myself. Uh, but there were also periods when I could not really count on that uh, arrangement because he was, for instance, going on holidays for a couple of weeks or he couldn't uh, pick up uh, my daughter at the time. So uh, in reality, that time sometimes was less than what I had. So, of course, that still gives you a certain Um, a certain time to actually meet physically with someone. So it's not as um, difficult as it is for Anna in this situation. Uh, however, uh, probably because of that, I started to date uh, at my workplace. So most of the partners that I had before Dave were met at my workplace. And that was because um, that was the place where I was meeting people. Right. So then I could technically also see my boyfriend at that time uh, during lunch break. Right. So let's say uh, it is a solution. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, advertise it very, very much, but uh, workplace was a place when I was finding my uh, my partners. Yeah. Was maybe a little bit challenging when those relationships were not working out, though. A little bit? Yeah. <laughs> so a workplace is a little bit, yeah. Well, why do you think I haven't la- ate a lunch in canteen for the past year when I was working in Siemens <laughs> because I was going there and there was like a... I think at that point there were three of my ex-partners and yeah, they could have been anywhere and uh, yeah. Yeah, so it is a bit tricky to date at work. Yes. Of course it happens because that's where we spend a lot of time in our life. Uh, But maybe it's more worthwhile if you just like really meet someone Mm -hmm. that is just like really, I don't know, the one I will just call it. You know, there is something really strong rather than having as a target group for just Mm -hmm. dating. Yes. So, so how did you find the time? So when you when you wanted to date and your uh, ex husband was not available to take care of your child, how did you work around that? Um, there were only couple of occasions because usually I had that one Friday night for myself. But there were couple of occasions when I asked my uh, friends to to babysit my uh, well babysit she was already uh, at that point seven eight nine but um, my my daughter was uh, born uh, <laughs> it was quite funny we were students so she was always like having a lot of uncles and and aunties because you know she was raised by young parents so uh, she knew some of my friends and she treated them as a part of a family like for instance even you so i could leave my daughter to with her auntie for instance you know for the night but i wasn't doing that uh, regularly it was more like when i had an arrangement and then uh, my ex-husband was uh, unavailable for some reason 
Yeah, because I do remember Alexandra staying at our uh, place. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was really nice because mm -hmm. uh, we are really here like a family in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, our uh, kid, my oldest son and Alexandra, they had really, they were really playing together mm -hmm. really well. So it was not in any way a burden for mm -hmm. Alexandra it was it was a treat it was fun it, exactly. we were have, having a good time the kids were playing together and so on mm -hmm. so but basically finding that kind of a solution yeah is something that if you have any close friends neighbors uh, i don't know someone that your child knows mm -hmm. um, or just simply getting a babysitter Mm -hmm. Someone that will have that function yeah. to take care of your child. Because if you don't have a father uh, that can regularly take care of your child, I think that a babysitter, a stable person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have a friend that can be that stable person, mm -hmm. that can be someone that could spend time with your child once a week, for example. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a friend or a neighbor or someone that your child feels good with, then getting that babysitter. Mm -hmm. is uh, is a really yeah and i i think that it could be challenging if you are uh, not financially mm, let's say in in a, in your financial condition to to get a babysitter but that would definitely be a solution if you are but i just got a, a brilliant idea probably the second best idea i ever had uh, there must be more moms in this situation I was thinking that it would be nice probably to try to, or maybe you already have moms that are single moms and have kids around the age of your child, just to create a, a, a small group or connection or friendships. And then maybe one time you can babysit your boy and, uh, and, and the child of another single mom and do the exchanges, especially if the kids would be friends. That would actually be fun for kids to have the play dates and, uh, and you could actually help each other out in this way. It sounds like a single mother support group. Yeah, yeah. but, but, but it's actually be, a good idea. You need to be creative. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to do it, you just need to think outside of the box. You yeah. can, you need to be creative because that's not a simple solution. It's mm -hmm. not a simple situation no. with a simple solution. So or, or it can be a simple solution if you meet another mom who is uh, exactly in the same situation exactly. and you can be taking care of the two kids on Friday and she can on Saturday or whatever. Yeah. It can be a pretty simple solution. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, I think it's really worth to try because there are uh, mom groups on Facebook, you know, moms in Orhus, moms in uh, Vaila and so on. I don't know from what city you are, but, you know, just to maybe you even have a group like this already because in Denmark, it's very popular to have this mother's group when you are raising your child. Maybe, you know, someone from the kindergarten, you got uh, friends or something. Uh, I actually on several occasions used, used, it sounds horrible, uh, but let's say I, I was offered by my daughter's friend's parents to take care of her. For instance, on the occasion when, uh, because my ex-husband, surprise, surprise, was working in the same company as I was. So when there was an occasion like a Christmas party, we were both planning to go and we didn't know what to how to arrange the care for Alexandra. And then she actually was going to her friend's house 
she was already at that point six, seven, eight, nine, because it was her very good friend, and she had a cool sleepover, and she she you know it was fun, and the parents were completely fine with that with that. So it is possible. So it is also maybe about opening up and looking for solutions mm-hmm. or opening up for receiving support. Exactly. Because sometimes uh, some uh, parents can have this uh, syndrome of I have to do it all by myself. True. I have to do it, you know, and it's a struggle and it's difficult and it's difficult to open up to receive support for mm-hmm. some people. I But agree. getting to know someone also has this aspect of where and we talked a little bit about um about work mm-hmm. as a potential place we talked about that in 2020 physically meeting people is quite a challenge mm-hmm. and in general even before 2020 happened i have been i remember one of the challenges we were doing i was uh, i was reading about it that still for adults For older people than, you know, <laughs> students, mm-hmm. let's say, the main place to get to know people is Internet already. So even before 2020, that was where most of people were uh, finding partners. Mm-hmm. And I just Googled, I just a- asked Google, mm-hmm. you know, dating sites for single parents. Mm-hmm. Because I think what we talked about, you know, getting a guy that doesn't accept that you have a child and so on. Why not right away go for the place where there are the single dads mm-hmm. who understand this precisely? They understand your situation. They are single dads themselves. They know how it is. They understand your challenges. They will have similar challenges and Yes, that can cause also extra challenges in that time because they might have their child at the same time, but at least they will be understanding of your situation. And there is quite a lot of uh, dating uh, places, mm-hmm. o- online portals that you could choose. And there is even one called singleparent.dk. Really? Yes. And uh, we have the links available for you, Anna, so that you can have a look. Uh, whatever you know whatever of these sites could be interesting for you and we will now have a little musical break uh, so Dave what are we listening to today uh, today we are listening to here I have it Al Brooks and the Rusty Crocs with a song called what my mama said what my mama said yeah. yes indeed and I really like this song this is one of those old good country Let's hit it. Don't let nobody get you down 
to be free. That was beautiful. <laughs> And it went very fast. It went very, very fast because it's not a really long song, as I remember. No, it's not. Okay, so uh, we have kind of talked about getting to know someone mm -hmm. and dating. We mixed it up a little bit, but uh, I will move to this next aspect uh, and just a couple of questions for you, Anna. So let's say you met someone. Mm -hmm. You have met someone either at work or like with Dave, you met him uh, on In London, <laughs> on Tinder, <laughs> on Tinder, <laughs> I remember someone asked us, you know, like, uh, well, it was one of your friends. Where did you met God, uh, guys? And I was like, uh, on Tinder. And I don't know how she understood in London. She was like, in London, <laughs> almost like uh, f it was the quote from friends in London. And I was like, well, not really, but you know, this will fly. <laughs> so since then, many times we joke that we met in London. No, we actually met on Tinder online. So so we have, of course, talked about it already. Mm -hmm. And we had the ideas for you, Anna, where you could get some support either from other uh, mothers, uh, or fr some friends, neighbors, or simply mm -hmm. getting a babysitter. Mm -hmm. So... Just share with us a little bit, uh, Anna, already into this part when you already met someone and you're already dating. Mm -hmm. How do you organize it when having a child? Uh, before you're ready for your child, we will move to that later. Mm -hmm. But before you're ready for the child to get to know that person mm -hmm. and you're already past those first dates mm -hmm. and you want to spend more time with each other than just this one, uh, you know, One yeah. very organized time a week. And I remember you had these challenges. And what if the guy cannot that one Friday? Yeah. That one, one free night you have. Yeah. And that's the only night he has something. And yeah. then you cannot see each other for what? Two weeks? Or maybe sure. then you had that Christmas party. And then what? Yeah. You don't see each other for three weeks? Like, ha, le, Tell us a little bit how you would organize this when you were in this place where like, oh, we would like to spend more time together. Mm -hmm. One this one thing, you know, this one night, maybe it's not enough. How? Well, I think uh, because I, I would say my experience could be uh, divided into two eras uh, before Dave and after Dave. <laughs> that's that's how it is. Um, I remember that with my previous relationships, uh, it was more trying to like uh, uh, adjust things to the guy. Because, uh, yes, on, and it was also quite interesting because I was dating younger men, not like super younger than me, but five, six, seven years younger than me. And I believe they were either in their very late 20s on, or at the beginning of 30s. And I was already around, I was, there was five years difference. Uh, so, yes. That's why you call a cougar. Uh, no. <laughs> No, I look very young. <laughs> you couldn't uh, see that. No, but it was a different mindset they had. So, you know, for them, planning ahead was not really that big of a deal. Uh, and I remember I had to like all the time stress and worry about, you know, okay, maybe this will not um, work out. This date will not work out. Uh, and I think that actually that was the strain on the relationships because 
it be, was becoming more clear that they actually should be introduced into my life and they should meet my daughter. So we can, you know, not every meeting is about, you know, being uh, intimate. Sometimes you just want to spend time. And of course, you know, I was living with my daughter and I always had a, a available, you know, place. So many times it was coming down quite fast to, okay, if we want to see each other fa uh, more often, we actually... You, you should meet my daughter. And many times that was somehow something that I was reluctant to do because I was like, I don't think it doesn't feel right. It's, it will be weird. I don't want Alexandra really to um, feel confused about it. So, um, yeah, that's usually when those relationships were getting rocky. You know, it's like, oh, you also cannot be so available as I would like you to. Well, I cannot. Um, with Dave, I think we uh, we had those, you know, uh, times when my ex-husband uh, was taking care of Alexandra. But I remember that at the beginning, we really were talking over a phone a lot. We were talking over a phone so much that I remember we were talking until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, almost every day. Um wasn't that, is I didn't fall asleep once. <laughs> neither you, you. Me, me neither. <laughs> yes, there were two situations when once Dave and once me, we even fell asleep on a while talking because it was three o'clock in the morning. So uh, when the dating, you know, wasn't enough, we were just trying to catch up and meet, meet each other better over the phone calls. And they became some sort of a ritual. He was always calling me in the evening. And then uh, usually when my daughter was already sleeping, and then we could talk for three, four, five hours, you know how it is at the beginning, you want to really talk and talk with that person. But I think we very early realized that this is something special and this can be something uh, serious. And uh, here I introduced Dave relatively fast to my daughter when I usually had that inner like, I don't really want to do it. One of my previous boyfriends, he actually really wanted to meet her fast and I didn't feel very good with it and he was like so when can I meet your daughter when can I meet your daughter and finally after some weeks I was like okay and I didn't felt good with it and with this I actually felt quite good and it worked out so um, I'm not sure how helpful this will be because what I basically told you dating when you can talking a lot over phone and falling asleep with your face on the on the mobile and then yeah introducing um, your your child to your partner so he can actually be a guest in your house and you can spend time together so what I hear from it is that this, there is really a big difference between when you just meet someone and you don't know what it is yeah. and when you meet someone and it is someone special Definitely. and you can quickly just simply know Definitely. that Definitely. with your intuition. But anyway, coming back to this, you know, you are in the first months of the relationship mm -hmm. and maybe you don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, sometimes it can be something special, but you have not, maybe it's the first guy you're dating and mm -hmm. it's difficult to recognize when is that good time. So I have some questions for you. Mm -hmm. Dating at your place after your child falls asleep, good idea or not? Actually, I try that. And uh, that depends on if your child, uh, you know, wakes up 
uh, of course in the uh, in the night if she or he I'm sorry it's a boy if he is a light sleeper or uh, he just sleeps through the night uh, my daughter uh, always slept through the night not waking up and stuff so it was and we had we have a big apartment especially for two people as we did so yes uh, sometimes uh, my partner was visiting me let's say after my daughter is sleeping and we could i don't know watch a movie in the living room because it was you know uh, relatively quiet and she was sleeping yes it it can work then the second question introducing your partner first as a friend who is just occasionally visiting like if you had any type of friend that could just come to your place to spend time good idea or not i actually uh, introduced um, two of my previous partners to my daughter in this way but uh, she already kind of got the point that something is like what she was young she was uh, eight years old but she was like this friend of yours i think he likes you or something you know it, it she could sense it but it is a good uh, way to do it i think to also see the child reaction to the person if it's like uh, suspicious then you can kind of it's it doesn't mean that you have to throw it to the garbage Uh, because there will always be a possibility that your kid and your future partner or your new partner will not get along great that can happen and it's not about being the best of friends it's about you know mutual respect and it's actually more i think it's more important from the partner side than the kid side because uh kid has to has a space to express opinion to say i don't like it i don't want it uh if the partner would be doing the same that would be a deal breaker because the partner is an adult and he knows what he's entering and he can control himself and his emotions better if he doesn't want the setup he should just resign from it the child can it's a child the child can say i don't like this i'm used to something different it, it, the child doesn't even have to express it you know especially if you were raising your boy for for three almost four years alone Of course your boy might not like that change. Although I've heard of stories when uh, uh, when uh, a mother was introducing a partner is even as a disguised as a friend to uh, a, a boy, especially in two cases a boy and the boy loved the guy straight away like oh my best friend and stuff and I think it's also when a uh, boy needs a father figure of a kind but then again you have to be kind of careful because if the relationship will end then naturally uh, that boy will be without that new friend right so it's it's a bit tricky here but i wouldn't say that there is a rule that the kid will be always like a resentful or the kid will fall in love with a new partner but introducing as a friend after some time just to get a sense of of what's going on what will be the energy is a very good idea yeah especially that your boy anna is younger mm-hmm. and could it could be maybe easier softer uh, just to mm-hmm. just to introduce as a friend just to kind of like check the feelings check the vibe between exactly between them yeah. that could be an idea and um now i would like to touch upon that uh, part of bringing that new person into your child's mm-hmm. life so anna of course you were already sharing mm-hmm. about that and you were having different types of experiences where some 
guys, they were the ones asking to be able mm -hmm. to meet your child when you were maybe not necessarily ready. You had that situation you've mentioned about with Dave when you actually pretty quickly knew mm -hmm. this is the right thing to do mm -hmm. to get Alexandra and Dave introduced to each other. So when is the right time? I would say here, listen to your inner voice. Listen to everything you you have inside of you. Just feel if this is the right decision. First of all, we are mothers. And mothers, they usually have a very good instinct. Um, it is important to come into this um, entire dating uh, realm with a head really on your shoulders, like really, um, because w the, the only thing I would say, what Anna, you have to be careful, I don't know you, but I will tell from my experience, is that you are not being swept off your feet by just some guy that will come around and say all the nice things. That's always a dangerous situation, because then you might actually lose your uh, vision and sight, you know, Especially if you haven't been dating for a while and there is a part of you, the, the woman, the woman that wants love and attention and adoration. But it's important that uh, that you are uh, coming into this smart, in a smart way. You don't allow yourself to be swept off your feet. But if you are coming to this uh, being aware of what you want and how this will work and you are not allowing yourself just to, you know, go after the first guy who will say nice things to you, then your inner voice, the voice of a mother as well, will be sharp and will be there. And I remember that's exactly, Marta, that example I gave you. I was kind of forced to mm, make my daughter meet that uh, one of my ex-boyfriends. And I think he even kind of like f just came without notice, something like this, I really didn't like it. And, you know, my inner voice was telling me this is not the right time. This is not how it's supposed to be. And I kind of some somehow I was like, okay, just I let it go. But, you know, it, nothing bad happened, but it was very strong. No, this is not the right time. And uh, with Dave, it was a very strong feeling. This is this is the right decision. It will all be okay. I trusted myself, my inner voice. I trusted him. I could see what kind of, uh, you know, attitude he has towards it. So I would say, follow your inner voice and your motherly instinct. What's the best for your kid? And is it the right time? And uh, also keep your head on your shoulders because there might be a guy who will just, yeah, sweep you off your feet and will for some reason say, I want to meet your kid. And you will be having that feeling like, ah, this is too early. But you will be so much into, yeah, but I should do it to maintain this relationship. Don't fall into that trap. It usually never ends up well. Marta, do I make a sense for you? Uh, absolutely. And I think that you have some really good tips for uh, Anna here. Mm -hmm. Because you you bring both examples where you felt it wasn't right and you mm -hmm. did it anyway. And when you felt it was right and you did it. And I think that this is very important. I just wanted to ask you uh, if you have had any criteria because sometimes we know mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't know. 
So when it is not clear, when you cannot find that clear message from your intuition that yes, that's the right thing or no, it's not yet the right thing. Did you have any sort of criteria or anything that you could give as a tip to Anne? I'm not sure if I had quite. Well, I could say that one, it wasn't maybe a criteria, but one thing was the attitude of the of the guy. Uh, if the guy wants to meet my uh, daughter, I'm thinking why. Like, and you know, in case of Dave, he actually had a, I think, a, a really like a interest. He really was like, yeah, I, I would love to meet your kid. You know, it would be cool. And there was not big pressure from it. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, with the other guy, he was like, when can I meet your, I, I feel pressed. And I couldn't really understand why he really wants to meet her so much. Like, what's the deal? Like, What's the reason? What's the rush? Well, I know what the rush was. He actually had a whole plan of how he would life, like the life unfold mm, with me. So, but that was something I discovered later. However, I would say that, yeah, the first question is like, why this guy uh, should meet my child? Why does he want it? Does he want it? Um, and another thing, because, hmm, you know, you, there is one thing that can blur your inner inner kind of wisdom or voice. It can be fear. And that's actually, I think, uh, a point I will, I will elaborate on here. You might think that, you might feel that actually it would be a good idea. The partner might be ready and probably you can feel that it would be all good, but yet you are not deciding to do it because you are afraid. You are afraid that this is another milestone in the relationship, that uh, the kid, the, the the guy will meet the kid, and maybe the kid will not like like the guy, and then you will be put into a difficult position when you will have to decide if you want to continue or not. There can be a lot of fear with it, right? And then I think the best way would be just to sit and write down all those fears. Why am I afraid? to introduce them, you know, what what's going on, because normally that will be something within you that you will have to solve. And here, I think the good old good uh, worst case scenario would be quite handy. So Marta's one of Marta's favorite tools, uh, just to write down, okay, what will happen if my kid doesn't like the guy? What will happen if this will be awkward? What will happen if we will break up a month later and just, you know, Put it out there so it's not all in your head spinning, but it's on a piece of paper. Thank you, Anna, for sharing. And we are approaching the end of the show very quickly. So just summing up, uh, Anna, for you, take in support, be creative, things, uh, think outside of the box and prepare yourself for yeah. dating. And we are wishing you all the best of luck in meeting the right guy. And if you have any further questions, please write to us. Thank all, you. All the show notes, uh, all the links to everything that Marta mentioned will be in the show notes of this episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. You are listening to You've Got Five Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. 